Welcome to In the Green Room. Cheers. I'm Kinga. And I'm Chet. And we're so glad to have Martin back. You've been gone oh, for a couple weeks. It feels like I've been gone for like a month and a half. It's yeah, all about it's Martin. <laughs> I like it. It's How was your trip? Martin. Yeah, let's get a little and recap. So um, I had a, a, a fantastic trip. So I started out, uh, my wife and I, Sherry, we drove to California. Um, to Mercury. To Mercury Wine. Yes, our, our good friends and uh, Mercury Wine. Not to Pluto, but Mercury. That's right, Pluto to Mercury, um, which is just about an hour, hour and a half north of San Francisco up in the Sonoma County. It's right where the Russian River and the Appalachian or the Alexander Valley meet. So there's a lot of amazing wine. That's a pretty long drive. That's a good it's, number uh, of hours. How many hours? So we made it in. We took about a half hour of breaks, and it was twelve hours of driving. So we made it in about twelve and a half hours. Really? Okay. Um, but the really traffic good. was flying uh, going there. On the back, uh, coming back, it took us thirteen. Um, Wait, you got there twelve hours? How many? Twelve hours. What were you speeding? Oh, we were doing eighty to ninety just to keep up with traffic. Say, yeah. It was, yeah. Going there was ridiculous. Coming back was more like seventy, seventy-five. So it was really it was odd, but we had fun. You know, we have my I've got my brother's Tahoe. Uh, that he sold me, and that thing rides like a caddy. Like, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. And so, it is very nice. And Sherry likes to drive as much as I do, so we just take turns. And one sleeps while the other one's driving. We Did listen you bring to the books. cooler? Like, oh, yeah, seat. we have a cooler set up. We've got, um, yeah, it was great. Going on a road trip like that is such a good way to see if you're compatible with someone. So, oh, yeah. So true. Traveling. Obviously, you and Sherry are way past that point. Yes. You guys are like soulmates, but... For somebody that's listening that's in a new relationship, going on a road trip is such a great it way to tells find out. You so much I'm about. not going to divulge the name, but somebody I'm friends with, mm-hmm. he would take all his girlfriends mm-hmm. hike, not hiking, uh, camping. Because Just he said, that's see. how you see mm-hmm. somebody. It sounds like the start of a serial killer movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're right. If you take someone camping, camping, you can see how prissy they are. Yes. 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 Absolutely. You can see if, if they can't just like right. be. So Sherry yes. has zero yes. prissiness. She's not a priss. Yeah. And so yeah. we were we were going to stay in like Bakersfield or something like that. But, you know, we got at Bakersfield at like two o'clock. We're like, oh, let's just power through. So we got up there, had dinner with uh, you know our friends that live up there. My son, JJ, now who lives up there and just had a blast. He's working on wine. Yep. He's working at the winery. Mercury. Yep. And then. Cheers to Mercury. Cheers to Mercury. Mercury. And, and what are we drinking, Martin? This is um, where's that bottle? Post Malone's. Post Malone's. Post which, Malone's which awesome. Colin, it's on number Colin nine, noticed. and my 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 last name's Niner, so I'll drink anything with a number nine on it. <laughs> I love it, and it's pretty good. It's right this one right there. I love Post Malone. He seems like such a genuine person. Like a lot of artists, they get to that level of fame, and they seem to have like kind of a fake quality to them. But Post Malone, he doesn't care. He's so just for authentically people that don't know, himself. tell us who he is. Who is He's he? a really big rapper, musician, vocalist. Mm-hmm. Wait, what song is he saying? Whoa. Oh my God! Oh, Kinga just had a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> Pouring alcohol on the mic. No, I'm kidding. I don't think it actually. It, did, it didn't hit the oh, mic, but it, hit, yeah, but it hit down here. Uh, oh my God! Okay, we'll keep going. She we'll was going. so excited oh about Post Malone. Holy like, smoke! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he has tons of huge songs. Congratulations is like probably his biggest one, mm-hmm. I'd say. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's super talented. Well, um, he makes mm-hmm. some pretty good French wine. That's for sure. That's well, tasty. but his. Other alcohol in California? What is it? Uh, a whiskey, Colin? I think. Oh, he's got a whiskey. He has a whiskey as well. I don't know. Do you remember the name, Chase? Here, Colin, tell us what, what he has. I have no idea what the whiskey's called. But we're probably, drinking his wine right now, and that's what matters. He probably believes in the in the five W's like I do. It's wine, whiskey, women, weed, and water. Those are really all you need. So wait, what are the I, W's you like? Wine, wine whiskey, whiskey, women, women weed, weed, and water. And Those that's very the, wicked. 
and that's wicked. So why not? Oh, that could be a book. <laughs> so right now, everybody is oh, like, I don't know, like the pulse of like the nation and social media. Everybody's been talking about the new uh, Jeffy Dahmer like documentary what? series or whatever that's on Netflix. Who would watch but, that? That's well, weird. no, it's the number one thing being watched right now. There's all these why? memes going on. Exactly. That's like the point I want to make is that it? they need to stop making like recreating uh, these like serial killer stories because it's basically glorifying it. Yeah, that's terrible. It's like in like a hero. No, 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 no. Kinga, it makes them look like a monster. You with your mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop. There's not even any liquid on that. Yeah, let's not do that. Uh, I, I like the shape. <laughs> it's good. I don't think it's even wet. But um, but no yeah, got, I no think it's it. a really like complex issue. But I think that. It almost seems like they glorify it by ma- remaking these things. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's not I'm, good. I'm with personally. you. I, I'm not a fan of watching that. Although, I, I mean, I understand. Did you it. watch it though? I didn't no, watch it. No, I, I, I was hanging it. out with a friend uh, like this past weekend, oh. and they put it on, and I left because I was like, I don't want to watch this yes, shit. Like, yeah. it's so like dark. I don't. I don't want to put that kind of stuff in my mind. Exactly. Um, I, it's I, disturbing. I, yes, it yeah. is disturbing. That's and, sickening. That's sickening. And you know, there's Ew. some people that it doesn't bother, but for whatever reason, it bothers me. I yeah. have I have dreams about it and that kind of thing. So if I'm going to put something into my mind, it's going to be positive. Yeah. Me too. Me and, too. Thank you. Yeah. Me and too. Is, I'm not saying that it would necessarily like cause someone who's a normal person to make a change and start being violent. But somebody who's like on the brink, if they like see that and they're like, think that that makes it glorified or normalized, mm-hmm. they might be like, Oh, I might have a docu-series made about me if I start, like, acting on these impulses or some shit. It's really scary that, like, it's basically a glorification, and it's number one on Netflix right now. So Netflix is probably like, oh, let's make one about every other serial killer. But it's like, why would they be doing that instead of making, like, biographies about, like, athletes or musicians or artists? It's so so mind-boggling that they would... And also, produce I'm a not whole series about Dahmer. Name, don't you dare say the name. Mm-hmm. But the letter starts with a K. Yeah. And I did see that he watched that thing. So that's interesting. I, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So change the subject. Well, I, again, it goes to you know filling yourself with positive messages, right? Like yes, you know, um, going to wine country for me. That's. I, I would much rather go to wine country or uh, go do the amazing things that I do. Versus watch something about, you know, some uh, person who really had a difficult... Who's evil. Who's evil, yeah. right? Right. And and I get what evil is, and I don't need to but watch you, it. I don't even... Yeah, wait, wait. So this, this, is, bringing, this, bringing, no. wait, no, this yeah. is bringing up yeah. an amazing yeah. point that what you consume is going to have become an effect you. on your mindset. Yeah. It's not going to become you, but it's 100% going to have a direct impact on your mindset. If you're consuming yeah. horrific, negative, mm-hmm. down, you know... Yeah dark material all the time that's not going to make you some well, bubbly right. energetic happy happy go lucky matthew mcconaughey type like you're going to be dark i i would agree I, I i do think that it's you know different strokes for different folks so you know if, if that's something that you enjoy and it doesn't affect you in a negative way i can understand that but, but it's for me personally that's what we're trying to say. well i think it will i, no, I agree that i can people, only speak from my own personal experience for my mm-hmm. personal experience it bothers me it may not bother other people. Well, and I agree with Martin that a lot of people consume that like true crime stuff and don't get affected by it whatsoever. But what I'm saying is that just it's the people that are producing it. If it didn't exist, then they wouldn't have that choice to watch that. And it's basically an option for you know people that are broken or headed towards violent tendencies. It's going to inspire them. It's like crazy to say that it wouldn't. Okay, so somebody that we both know that's your your dad. Like to watch not 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 horror movies, not Dahmer things, 
but he used to like what what's that America's Most Wanted? True crime. Yeah, yeah true crime. crime. Mm-hmm. And I would wake up in the middle of the night, like, and he was still watching it, and it, it would like freak me out, and I could go to bed. Well, no, like, and I agree I, that consuming that stuff. It's going to have. It's going it. to make you think darker thoughts. It's mm-hmm. just a fact. If yeah, you're watching like information about people getting murdered, people getting attacked, it's going to take your mind in more dark places Absolutely. than if you weren't consuming it's, that. It's exactly why you know with, after the movie Jaws, but why people, people like had so huge weird? shark phobias? Yeah, and people weren't going to the beach as much. Absolutely, yeah. it, it had it caused a huge drop in people going to the beach. It's 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 the similar phenomenon. Yeah, and I choose. I mean, I've 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 you know seen horror movies and stuff, but I choose to just put positive things in my into my brain, and I'm happy most of the time. I don't have that anxiety, and I I see other people who do consume it, and they have a lot more anxiety. I know. I just saw. I had a friend that tweeted. It was like such a funny chronological order of mm-hmm. tweets. Like the first tweet was basically saying that they had finished the Dahmer series, yeah. then the next tweet was like about them being depressed. I was like, <laughs> oh, correlation? <laughs> yes. Maybe I don't know. You yes. binge watched eight hours of serial killing. So I was really. We- you know, very selective as a parent mm-hmm. of what I would let the kids watch. Right. That's not true. We weren't sheltered. We weren't like living in fantasy land. When you guys land. Were little. You I guys mean, just gave us good morals yeah. so we knew the difference between what was good and bad. No, right. but, I mean, when you were like in your prime, prime, primary years, like. Well, nobody like, watches serial killer shit in their primary years. No, but <laughs> let me finish. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm talking about Shark Week or Jaws. I knew that I love the ocean. Mm-hmm. I love swimming in the ocean. And my ex and his parents didn't really ever get in the ocean. Right. And um, they were all scared of sharks. And they always watched Jaws. And so my, I said, my kids are not going to watch, or our kids are not going to watch that mm-hmm. until they're older. Right. So I, I watched let, Jaws when I was like four or five. No, you didn't. <laughs> you're, no, you're making shit up no, right now. Well, yeah, I, I he thought, watched it when he was about 10. I thought I had I was watching Borat when I was 10. I thought I had control over what my what my kids watch and then. I'm in the kitchen making a dinner. I remember this very vividly. And my daughter, Emma, I was probably eight or nine at the time, goes, holy smokes, Dad, you need to see this. What was it? And I walk out there, and she's watching somebody perform open-heart surgery. And she oh my was God. just like, wow, this is amazing. Was it like on the health oh, channel? Yeah, like it was on some channel I didn't even know existed. <laughs> what if it inspired her to become a doctor? That'd be wild. Well, but that's not bad. No, but it's, it's you know, you don't... It could be and traumatic it, for some it, people. It could have been traumatic, but it definitely was but not it's, for But it's her. not true. Chet didn't see any of those things until he was about 10. That's not true at all. We were watching Radar he stuff young. Yeah, no. that's not true. Well, we and, shelter. I, well I'll bring his dad on the show because he, he will say yeah, that. Well, I was very protective about well, that. Well, you, you can try no. to be protective, until about 10. But, but you can't control, like, if they go to somebody else's house. And that's what I've learned from my kids is that, yeah, I, I try to keep the wholesome stuff at my house, but they had... You know, opportunities to see things at other people's houses, and I just tried to. See, every came over to our house to watch yeah. the PG thirteen and rated R movies. Right. So I don't know what you're talking uh, about. No, once he was ten, I got everybody the Borat quotes. I was like, very nice. Like, I was the one that taught all my friends about that. Like, but you saw that after you were ten, not before you were ten. Well, the, the yeah, because ten makes such a big difference. There. The more important aspect is that you teach your kids good morals, so that they're watching something, they can decide, oh, that's wrong or this. Good, well, this and, it, bad. and what I told them is like, yeah. you know, there's some things that you can't unsee. There's some things that you're going to see in your life that you wish you wouldn't have because you don't want that in your head anymore. And so two you girls, one very cup. Very yes. careful. Yeah, you've got to be very careful. What's it called? Two girls, one cup. 
What's that? I don't know what that is. You just have to Google it. Uh, okay. <laughs> what is that, Colin? Colin just shaking his head. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I, see, I probably won't. <laughs> this is such a generational thing because every person in the younger, like millennial or uh, generation, knows what it is. Yeah. Right, right. But I have no idea. Hilarious. Okay, Colin, what is it? <laughs> it's, it's two girls doing some vulgar stuff. Very, right. the most vulgar things you could possibly imagine two people doing. Okay. And then multiply that times five, and then that's what they're doing. <laughs> All right. Sounds but good. it's something I wish I had never seen. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It falls down. It falls in the category of don't go down random rabbit holes on the internet mm-hmm. finding videos that you don't need to have in your mind. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not. Sure. I won't. Google exactly. That. I don't want to know. I don't. No, you don't want to know. So it's all about Martin. Martin's yeah. back. <laughs> well, but and to, to cap it's the Martin's po- birthday well, on Saturday. So what's on your bucket list? What's on my birthday list? Um. You know, I, bucket list, my bucket list, I, list. I think uh, my bucket list is more just about traveling. There's a lot of places that I would like to travel to. I definitely would like to go like a photo safari uh, in uh, in Africa. I'd like to go see New Zealand. I'd like to go see the Philippines. And Let's go to New Zealand. New Zealand would be fun. That'll I've got some friends my birthday that live there. Let's go to New Zealand. <laughs> that be fun. If we can travel there, let's go. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful there. Chad, do you want to um, go? Sounds fun, yeah. and I and I would love to see like you know some of the places where Lord of the Rings was uh, was filmed, you know that kind of stuff. Um, those are the main things, um, you know. I've got. Are some we taking goals. our balls and chains? Uh, yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so before the show, we were talking about independence and independence yes, independent and relationship. relationships. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you feel your independence is important to you. Um, well, you know, uh, Sherry and I talked, uh, very early about, uh, you know, being independent. She's a, you know, a very independent woman. She likes to do her own thing. She takes vacations by herself. Uh, she, um, uh, does things, you know, on her own, you know, so do I, 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 I travel as well. And so we just came to an agreement early on, kind of, you know, just, you know, when we were with each other, we were going to be with each other. And when we weren't. We were going to be where we were at, so we didn't worry about what the other person was doing, and um, it's just been an easy thing to do. And it doesn't mean that we don't love each other less. It just means that I have this uh, innate respect for you know who she wants to be and what she wants to do. And you know, some she likes movies that I don't like. She likes you know some of the the darker stuff uh, that I don't. And you know, I don't have any judgment around it if that's what she wants to do. Just I don't. I'd rather her do it. You know, when she's not what you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. So she likes horror movies. Not horror movies, but she likes some of the darker stuff. Like she likes the true crime stuff and, you know, the because she likes the puzzle of it. Uh, not necessarily mm-hmm. the gore, but she likes the fi- – Seeing know, how they figure. got caught and that right. kind of See, aspect. Yeah, because, yeah. well, she's – she her job is trying to catch criminals, mm-hmm. right? She's a uh, she's a bank fraud analyst, so she's trying to catch terrorists and drug runners and, Very interesting. Uh, and child yeah. traffickers. So for her, that's part of her job, and you know some of those shows give her a little bit of insight that into makes what sense. she does. It makes sense that she would have an elevated interest level mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Where for me, that's not that's not my thing. Oh yeah, and I wanted to make the point that we're not like passing any judgment on people that do enjoy that kind of content. It's just more bringing up the topic that mm-hmm. consuming that kind of stuff might subconsciously be causing you to be having. Well, absolutely. Thoughts. If you if you mm-hmm. love this kind of stuff, and then you're have anxiety all the time and you have you know well, for me it's, it's a deal breaker hold on <laughs> hold on there was about. one guy that was very hot that was trying to pursue mm-hmm. me but he was obsessed with horror movies mm-hmm. and he's i was like oh me and my daughter and me and my daughter and son we're gonna watch this horror movie come over for dinner i was like i'm out mm-hmm. i'm not gonna watch a horror movie yeah. i that just is not my thing and they, they would do it every weekend mm-hmm. 
Oh, and it's just like I have what? I have very dear close friends that uh-huh. love horror movies, and they yeah they'll invite you know a group to go, and they know that they they call it a Martin ending. If it doesn't have a happy ending. I'm not going. <laughs> so I'm out. So well, like, and it, some people like really enjoy the horror genre. I have friends that I've like asked about this mm-hmm. and they like it mm-hmm. as like an escape. Mm-hmm. Like it's like so scary that it distracts you from your life. Right. So, Mm-mm. but yeah, it's just not for us. So it's like a preferences thing, but yeah, for people that do enjoy it, I'm happy that they enjoy it. But, um, well, it, I think it's part of you going back to the independence. It's about respecting other people's choices. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, you know, my, my mentors, my coaches, they have a uh, home separate from their husbands. And so when they want to really? see their I husband, like they go and visit them. And then Perfect. when they want I their like husband that. to their house, they'll invite them over. And so they each have their own space. They have their own independence. Um, mm, and like you know, that. they'll, uh, uh, um, uh, my, my one coach, uh, Lara, she has a, a home in, uh, Miami beach and she goes and spends three or four weeks there without her husband. I don't know if her husband's even ever been there. Um, mm. and they're fine with that. That's, you know, is but, she getting plowed by Cubans? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, see, that's the thing is that, you know, um, I find that these people are very dedicated to each other just, and, and it's just, they mm-hmm. want their time alone. They, they have their own friends, they have their own uh, life, but they're very dedicated to each other. And, you know, it's, it's that distance makes the heart grow fonder. You're away from somebody and th- that, you know, you really enjoy being around. Well, then you just want to. You even want to be with them more when you come back. That's kind of how I felt. You know, I went to went to wine country with with uh, Sherry, and then I had my own adventure. I went to uh, uh, Atlanta for a women's conference. I was the only man that was allowed was at this uh, aware leaders. Uh, Were there any conference. hot women? Uh, again, they, <laughs> see, hot women. Here we go. You always have to make it sexual. Yeah. <laughs> I was like a freshman women. in high school. I they swear. were like, all elegant, beautiful women, every single one of them. And they were powerful and they were intelligent. They were all mothers. They were all married. Um, and I um, I have a deep friendship with, with many of them. And there's it's not sexual. It's not threatening. You know, it doesn't threaten Sherry. It doesn't threaten me. Um and what was really cool for me because is you guys are not jealous and not being if you're jealous, it's hurting yourself and it's a very negative feeling. Absolutely. Jealousy is really bad. Yeah. And there's um, in, in and, and these women uh, are all leaders. You know, they're they're plant managers, they're finance managers, HR managers. I mean, these these people, these women have hundreds of people under their care that if they do their job correctly, mm-hmm. these people have jobs. If they don't do their job correctly, they don't. And, and they take that they take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. And so this summit was an attempt to get all of these amazing people into a room and talk about what it's like to be a woman in the corporate world because it's definitely different for a man versus a woman. Uh, and That's so, um, well, women, I think, are more multitaskers. They're more family-oriented than, than a lot of men. And I'm speaking in generalities. I'm not speaking yeah. about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, women tend to uh, have more care uh, for their uh, employees' feelings where men are more, you know, suck it up, buttercup kind of thing. And so it's just a different style. And what was mm-hmm. really, really cool is that there was no man bashing. There, there was not there, – there, there was nothing mm-hmm. said negative. It was just they were talking about what are the differences – and then how can we use those differences to be better managers, to be better, uh, you know, spouses, to be just be better uh, overall. And, and what was that common denominator? 
Well, I think the common denominator was my mentors because my mentors are their mentors. Uh, uh, Marie and uh, Dr. Marie Lascavio and uh, Laura Hahn, her business partner, um, they're really the the driving force between um, between all of the getting these women together. And they're um, you know my life coaches. They've taught me what what I'm currently you know taught on this on this show and and in my practice. Um, and then all of these other ladies have been you know, learning from them for uh, quite a few years as well. And so that's the, that's the real common denominator. And it's exactly what uh, Dr. Marie and, and Laura wanted is to get these amazing people together to talk about the issues and bring them together in a way that they could help each other. You know, the more that you know somebody, the more you can help them. So and none of these women were catty? Not, not a one. Not even – there wasn't mm-hmm. even a – itsy bitsy bit of cattiness in, in this group. There was, and so the much. reason why is because that's not CEO energy. CEOs are just efficient. They don't have time for that kind of behavior. Absolutely, exactly. and exactly. and these because I don't hang out with anybody that's catty. Right. These Nobody. these women were are mature. They they they're deep thinkers. They read. Um, they balance. You know their home life and their kids and their their work. You know they're not. Mm. You know they're not working seventy hours a week, but they're probably getting in. 40, they're probably getting 70 hours worth done because they're so focused when they're at work and then when they, they can turn it off and then they can go home and they can be with their kids and then they can turn it off and come back to work. And, you know, they've, and they've had to practice this and they've had to use each other for support because sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes, you know, you have, you know, parent dies or, you know, this, this major uh, event happens in your life and then now all, you've, all of a sudden you've got to go into work and be that, you know, tough person that sometimes it doesn't work that way and you've got to rely on the people you can trust. And that's one thing that I think that um, is lacking a lot in the world's business and especially United States business is trust. And that is definitely something that I saw within this, this, this amazing group of women was they all trusted each other. Even, even the new people that were, had just kind of come in and maybe have only been in, in the group for a few months, but are still um, made it very clear that that's, you know, that was their, their dream is to be more like these other people. Um, but there was an immense amount of trust in the room, uh, and that was, and I, you could feel it. Well, trust is everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, in every relationship, right? Absolutely, but it's very difficult, especially in the business world, to get uh, because there's so many untrustworthy people out there. I mean, we've all, uh, you know, if you've been an entrepreneur, you've been screwed over. It just it's mm-hmm. it's happened. Oh yes, and so it's learning how to find the good ones. But you you grow from. About anything negative that happens, I feel like something positive you learn from it. Absolutely, you can. Yeah. But but sometimes if you in choose, a moment, if you, if you have, choose, to. Uh, if you have the right perspective, a lot of people will just dwell on it and be like, "Oh, I have a bad, I have bad luck. Like the world's out to mm-hmm. get me." And they don't use it as an opportunity to learn from their mistakes and grow and evolve. Right. Instead, they just say, "Oh, the world's against me. I have a bad roll of the mm-hmm. dice." But if they have a role model, if they have I a group of people. I don't hang out with anybody like that. Right. I know, but that's what I'm know. saying. Yeah, yeah. Because that has a – I just don't. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't hang out but, with people uh, but, that are – Oh, I know. Like, I agree. It's it's a really like depressing um, there's mindset. Only one. It's a limiting mindset. Trying to act like you are not going to be able to make it. and like yeah. act, It's basically like a victim mentality. Trying to basically mm-hmm. act like you don't have the right advantages and you have no chance to make it. And the, and the odds are against you. It's – really depressing mindset. Instead, you could be lear- learning from your mistakes and leveling up every single day and getting closer to having those skills that are going to get you that job or get mm-hmm. you those friends, you know? Yeah. And it's because well, a- positive energy brings positive. And so I, you know, you, 
if your family is who your family is. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that earlier, how you can choose your, what did you call your family that's your friends? Jamily. Your jamily. Your jamily. So, and those are people you choose. But, you know, I've been fortunate to have great family. Mm-hmm. But of course, you always have one person in the mix that could be. A I feel bit like if negative. we say jamily, we have to smoke a little bit. That's like such a stoner <laughs> phrase right there. Go, go ahead and jam it up. But yeah, go ahead. So, but I I love all my family and I'm close with everybody. But I do have that one person in the in the mm-hmm. family that can somehow put a negative spin on this or that. Right. Absolutely. And and I always feel like I want to fix them <coughs> that I can like teach them how to be. And I'm always, it's a work in progress. I'm always trying to work on that. But can I ever fix that? Uh, well, if there's anything that I've just personally learned in coaching from mm-hmm. my own experience is that you cannot help someone who doesn't want help. If they want help, you can. But if they're, you know, if, if they want to be who they are, there's nothing that you can do to fix that. And so they think they're perfect and they don't do anything wrong. Potentially, you know, they, or, or they, project that but they have a deep sense of insecurity but they project that everything's perfect but again um i'm not there to fix them unless they ask uh and that's really what it has to be it's uh, we have a we have a a a a very um it's not a rule but a, a guideline that we have to everything we do as coaches has to be done with consent i have to have someone's consent to help them if they're not consenting to be helped i there's zero i can do for them yeah, it as has to come from within, hundred yes. percent. Yeah, yes. Yeah. A lot of people can't even uh, they can't even like see that they need that mm-hmm. change, right? So Chet is very unforgiving of this person Chet, I'm talking how about. Dare you? <laughs> well, no, no, no. I just I just give somebody a certain we, time is our most precious resource on this planet. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So once you realize somebody is not going to change and that they're mm-hmm. wasting your time or poorly affecting your time, even worse, right? Then you just have to realize you need to cut them out mm-hmm. entirely to preserve your time. Time is our most valuable resource. Right. I don't want to waste any yeah. time, spend any time fighting, stressing, mm-hmm. arguing unnecessarily. There's already too many stresses and troubles in life. Right. That's the the the, the basis of the song that we sing, Protect Your Joy. Right? Yeah. You've always got to protect your joy. And I have family members that I love, but I also have family members that um, I I'm not interested in hanging out mm-hmm. with. Um, it, it doesn't mean that I don't love them. Mm-hmm. It just means that they're at a certain point in their lives, and I'm at a certain point in, their, in my life that we don't we don't jive. We don't have we don't resonate with each other, and that's okay. Um, you know, my dad he he cut himself off uh, from his family for many 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 years because they were they were tough. I mean, they were just from a different generation, a different world, and that it didn't it didn't resonate for for him, and so he protected us from that. And I'm very grateful for that. Well, and I love, uh, we talked at lunch a little bit about how you have a different time span with different people. There are people that fall into the best friend category where you could spend an mm-hmm. indefinite amount of time yes. with them. And there's people that fall into the great friend category where you're like, oh, I could go on a vacation with them for yeah. a week and have a great time with them. But then I'd be like, oh, I'm call, ready to get back home. Yes, I call that the threes. There's yeah. three-minute people. There's 30-minute people. There's three-hour people. There's three-day people. Yeah. There's three-week people. There's yeah. three-month people. Yeah, exactly. But, and, most but people, some people are zero-second yes, people zero that, you need to be, that you need to totally eliminate from being yes. around because they're just going to stress you out. They're yes. just going to cause you negative mm-hmm. feelings, thoughts, emotions from bringing stuff back. Mm-hmm. So you need to have distance from those kind of people. Right. So, and there is a discipline around that, right? Um, I've read uh, so many books about... Um, 
Uh, Complaint Free World is a great example. We've talked about this book oh, on the yeah. show have before. You read that? Um, it's, wait, it, do you have that book? Delon is in chat. Well, but wait, Chet needs to read it. I want it while we're still on the topic of the time. It's yeah. important for people to try to categorize the people in their life because I feel like some people don't do a good job of that, and then they end up mm-hmm. spending way too much time around somebody that's a three-minute person. Yes, and they spend three days around them, and then all and of a sudden, miserable. they're stressed yes. out. They're they didn't yes. sleep well. They are and right. you can see it in them. They're yes. like, oh, you've been stressing yourself out unnecessarily, spending mm-hmm. time around someone that stresses you out, and it's very clear to everyone around you right well that's kind of the the, uh, the point of the stre- uh, of the complaint free world is it, it's a book about this uh, church congregation in kansas that where the the the, the preacher or uh, what pastor was noticing that there was little clicks and they were complaining about just the dumbest little things right and so he challenged them to not complain for 21 days and he gave them all these little rubber bracelets and he just said every time you notice yourself complaining just switch the bracelet from one wrist to the other just so you notice it. And then you know, that what happens is, is that you start noticing that you're complaining. And then if you can just stop yourself from complaining one time a day, well, now you've, you've stopped 365 complaints during the year, and that, that adds up. But what he said, what I thought was interesting based on what you were saying, is that what you find is that some people have just relationships with another person that whenever they get together, that's all they do is complain. Mm-hmm. And so when you start noticing that, you start changing who you hang out with. I love that because that's so true. There are some people that just have that pessimistic outlook on the oh, world. Yeah. They're always going to be worried about something mm-hmm. or stressing about something. But hold on. Maybe you hang out with somebody that has issues right. that you're trying, that you think you can fix. And you we, are we already to, went over that. But, yeah. I know, <laughs> but, but that's why you're hanging out with them because you think you can change them. Right. For the better. Right. Is, so is there anything protect- wrong with that? Well, it depends on how much energy you want to give that person. Mm-hmm. Um, if that person is taking energy away from you, if you, if that person is stressing you out, if that person isn't making you happy, then I would say, hmm, maybe that's not the best idea. And in case you weren't listening to Martin earlier, if the change doesn't come from within and they don't show that they want to change, it's never going to happen. So you're wasting time, wasting effort, mm-hmm. literally. But what you can do is just spend a more limited amount of time around that person, not try to change them, except that's how they are. Right. And just limit your amount of time around them. Right. And, and so something that I do. Yeah, is you I'll shouldn't like, try to change people that aren't trying to change. That's just, okay. So, okay. That's, that's good advice. That's good advice. So something I do, I'll say, like, I'll answer the phone and blah, blah, blah. And then if they start on a rant about, like, somebody that they're mm-hmm. with or something negative, I'll be like, all right. I, I'll talk to I you gotta go, right. I got to go. Yeah. I just don't even give it. Absolutely. There's, there's a great book. It's called uh, Stop Walking on Eggshells. And it talks about how to disengage from conversations like that. Yeah. But basically what you do is you have to, even if that person doesn't want to change and that, one, that person wants to be negative, you can teach them how to treat you. Yes. You can teach uh, them that it's not okay. They could complain all day long with to somebody else, they want, but not to me, but not to you. Right. Not and so me. you can set these boundaries, but you have to have a, you have to have a very, have a black, very black and white discipline around it. And every time they cross the line, like you said, okay, well, you know, you're talking about something negative. I, when you, uh, when your positive self is, is back, let me know. Uh, like, and, I'll, and I'll say, don't call me again until with it, with this negative right. banter. And if you do, I'm going to block you. And right. then they'll call right back with that same mm-hmm. thing. And then I'll block them. It's right. funny. You're telling us about how toxic the relationship is on accident. <laughs> That's such a toxic dynamic. Because think, all that time you're set stressing, knowing that person's going to go down these negative tangents, 
That's time you could be spending making other positive friends mm-hmm. that are making money or would be making your show better or would be making your life better through good friendship. Instead, you're spending time talking to this person that you know is going to be negative, mm-hmm. that you know is going to go down this rabbit hole yeah. of paranoia and bullshit. Right. No, but and, this person also does a lot of good things, too. Well, right. And that's, yeah. and that's and the tells tough everyone part. about the show. Right. And, but it's still about protecting mm-hmm. your joy. Right? The like song is not protecting her joy. <laughs> the yeah. song is protecting your joy. And yeah. that's really all that you can do. And yes, if that this person helps, then that's great. But um, it's funny, like uh, my wife and I, we have uh, nicknames for alternate selves. Because, you know, we all have that evil twin brother or sister in our minds. And hers is named Minerva and mine's Marty. Because I, I never liked the name Marty when I was a kid. And so whenever we're fighting... She'll be like, all right, well, let me know when Martin's back, Marty. <laughs> right? And then she'll walk away. And so it's I'm kind of like, her way of saying you're being a little bit of a yeah, Debbie Downer, a little it, bit of a dick. Like, exactly. come on, like, freshen up your perspective. Exactly. And so that's true. Everybody can be in a bad mood mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, be a little bit of a Grinch in a Grinchy mood. But that's different. That's somebody being in a bad mood. That's different than somebody being consistently all the time negative. Absolutely. But everybody, that everybody fights that. Everybody fights that negative Nancy in their head. Everybody has that critic. Everybody has that that judgy part of them, right? And so, but when you when you can pull it outside of yourself and play with it and call it and saying, "Oh, I see Minerva's taken over. Um, let me know when Sherry's back," right? Then you can play with it, and it's and it's and, and it's I like it that. I know it's funny. It, it doesn't become you're a jerk. You're a, 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 an asshole, right? I feel bad for Karens everywhere because that became the new name for that <laughs> right, for right, everybody. Right. Everybody's like, "Don't be a fucking Karen." Right? So that's what I always think. And there's I'm some like, very nice Karens out there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I actually have a really good friend named Karen, and she's so cool. She's right. not a real Karen at all. I don't but, know. Uh, all the Karens I know have a side to them. But um, just kidding. Just so, kidding. <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely important to have that introspective uh, aspect and look inside time. and know when you're being. You know, Debbie Downer, and know when to reset that, though. Well, and sometimes you need help, right? But but you, again, you have to be open. Like I'm open to when she calls me Marty and calls me out, saying, "Okay, oh, I, I'm I'm in a bad mood. I'm being a little bit of you know." How short. often do you get this? Oh, wait, Marty on. Oh, yeah. uh, I would say for once us, a week. It, no, 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 no. I would say it probably happens maybe every other month. Where you know, like for example, we were when we drove, you know, 13 hours home. We were hungover. We had partied our brains out all weekend. We were hungover, and we got uh, we got home at like nine o'clock at night. We we're both cranky, and we were fighting over how to unload the car. It was just dumb, but we were just both tired and cranky. A long day. Yeah, it was a long day, and that part of our personality was out, and we recognized it. We backed off from each other. About an hour later, we're both like, sorry. Smoke a J, relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we're like, all right, sorry, I was a dick. All right, sorry, I was well, a dick. It's actually fitting that our topic on the show is independence because the person yeah. we were just talking about, you have a very codependent relationship. You'll like try to justify it. You'll be like, oh, I had to hang out with her because I needed her to go with me to the grocery store. I'll be like, what the fuck? You're a mature adult. You don't need <laughs> another adult to go with you to a grocery store. You make these weird-ass excuses so you guys have this weird codependence. And it stresses you out, and I can see it. So you need to you need to actually practice what we're preaching today, and start practicing more independence, and like doing more things on your own, and being more independent. Protect your joy. Yeah, there's a song you should listen to. 
<laughs> where's the guitar? I know, where's the guitar? Can you so, yeah. promise me you'll bring it next time? Well, it, it don't hit the as, table as long as it's cool. I just don't like leaving my guitar in the car when it's hot. That's, oh, that's yes. The only thing. Uh, okay. That that's, makes the, sense. that's the only reason. So in the summer, it's a lot oh, more difficult yeah. to bring the car. During the winter, I can just throw it in there and leave it in there for a day or two. It's no big okay, deal. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have. And my guitar songs. is held by together by like glue and shoestring. So I can't. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I can't, a, it's, it's an old classic. It, it's a, yeah, it's been, well, it's my performance guitar. So it's been through a lot. It's been on a plane. I traveled with it for a while with a case that was too small and it crushed it. So I had, oh, yeah. to, had to have a luthier fix it. And so it's, it's held together. So. I bet you have such like a connection to that guitar. There's definitely something I do. to that. Yeah. I do. It was it was the first guitar that I bought for myself. All the other guitars that I had 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 been bought for me as like a gift. And so that was the first one that I bought for myself. It was, you know, rather expensive. It was more than, you know, I'd ever spent on, you know, a musical instrument. Mm-hmm. And it was uh um uh it's it's cedar, rosewood, uh yeah, it's cedar and rosewood. And so it just got this beautiful smell and sound and i know i just joined the guitar uh, that's right you did. i'm taking guitar lessons and bought three guitars nice. i went and i said give me the best guitars you have here <laughs> how many times have you used it uh well i'm taking lessons once a week <laughs> that's one way to say zero <laughs> once Chet, so you've taken a lesson? Are you negative? Do I have to cut you out of my life? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm the exact opposite. I like to hold my friends I'm, and family accountable. When I and bought try to, my guitars, I signed right up for guitar lessons. Mm-hmm. So how many take, lessons have you done? Once a week since I bought them. So how many? Well, since your show, the 20th, so I don't know. So you've done like five lessons? Yeah. So how, what songs can you play so far? I mean, we're just learning where the chords are. She's She's working on Stairway to Heaven. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But, but usually people, they have you start by like learning a really simple but song. T- people are telling me to buy the uh, Keith Urban, um, how to learn how to play guitar. He has like a system to doing it, and he yeah. says you can learn it in like two months. Well, the number one thing I would say is that you're, if you're only doing it once a week, you're not going to learn it. You need to do it every day for at least 10 minutes. Like it's about learning that muscle memory. Yeah, I remember when I was first learning guitar, I would, I, I only knew a few chords. But I would literally just sit and practice going from chord to chord to see how fast I could go. Because, I mean, it's, it's weird. I mean, there's 4,000 chords on a standard guitar, uh, chord combinations, uh, finger combinations, which is a lot to learn. And Jerry's happy about that. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but a lot of them are you put your fingers in some weird spots and, and you got to stretch. And, you, and so it is. I, it, it's kind of like but the Taylor May guitars. Oh, they're they're like playing butter. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, I Google what were the best guitars on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yep, and but it's a hundred percent about doing doing it every day. I think if you want to get good, at, you just said you're only doing my it once a week. My lessons are once a week. Even my pl- lessons. Okay, yeah, because if you want to get good at something and mm-hmm. really be dedicated to it and you know excel at it, I think you need to do it every day. Um, you know, this goes back to our no days off like theme here on the <laughs> right, show, but. Right. I really I'm do a new days that. off true. type of girl. But yeah. Trust okay, me. well, then we want to hear you play next I, week. I'm if you've gonna, been playing every day for <laughs> two months, you've got to at least have one song for uh, us. Uh, I will have to say, I was a very slow learner. It took me years to become any type of proficient uh, on the guitar. But it, but I, I didn't play every day, mm-hmm. and so it just took me quite a while. Now, um, you know, once we started junk, and I started playing more, and we started having rehearsals, and you know, that really... Um, accelerated uh, my learning, but it was you, you had a deadline. Yeah, because, well, I made myself a deadline, 
And when so, you have a deadline for a show, you produce more music, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. And so I'm I'm a big proponent of setting sometimes unrealistic deadlines to kind of supercharge your goals because you know once you if you're focused on a deadline, you're more likely to put the effort in. Right, right, totally. I've been doing a little remodel with one of my places, and you know they tried to get me to sign these contracts, and I was like, I'm not signing that unless you give me the deadline of when you're going to have it done. Mm-hmm. You know, you want your money deadline. I want my when is this project going to be done deadline. Right. Because they can string it out and string it out and string it out. And like our friends, the Abbots, they paid for a pool that still is not installed mm-hmm. three years later. Oh, three years. Three years I think that might be a scam. Yeah, that <laughs> might be a scam. That sounds like a scam. The so, pool that's going to exist in the future. Uh, the yeah. future pool. So I'm just like, okay, so I've learned you've got to have a deadline. So I, and it, it definitely helps. And, and yeah, and with that deadline, with each uh, contract or each company, like whether it was air conditioning or roofing, mm-hmm. I said, all right, every day after that, you're we're de- going to deduct $500. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. That'll get them going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know. Deadlines are good. Deadlines are good. Um, But it's also, it's, for me, the music specifically, it's about the love of music, right? There's there's times where I'm inspired Mm -hmm. to write and inspired to play, and there's times that I'm not. Um, I had an amazing guitar teacher's name. So I can't say write a song right now? Say what? I can't say write a song right now? I missed. I think think the wine's hitting a little bit. You have to be inspired. (laughs) You have to, it has to come from within. You can't just like, like my mom's an artist. I can't say, mm-hmm. mom, paint a painting. My dad would be like, let's paint, you're painting a painting today. Well, we talked about this, the art yeah. episode last yeah. week, about you got to strike while the iron's yeah. hot, hot and while you're inspired. When you're inspired. Absolutely. But there, uh, like I had a, I had a guitar teacher um, many years ago. His name was Gabe Cornella. And I was probably, in my, I was in my thirties and he was in his seventies. And he had, he uh, was a guitar teacher, but he also played the flute. And that was actually his main instrument. He had played with, all the big, you know, Duke Ellington, and he'd traveled all over the world. He'd played with the Glenn Miller Band. Um, like, you know, he had, he had had an amazing career. And Is it flautist? Yeah, he played flute, but he was also guitar. He could play, he could play I don't know. But do you call it nine. flautist or flutist? I, I call it a flutist, but I don't know what it's <laughs> the... I, English is my second language. No, just kidding. <laughs> Are you trying to correct <laughs> him on this right now? Is a flute player a flautist or a, flute, or uh, a flautist or a flutist? Is this really necessary? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Here's he, what I found. oh no, I keep talking. Um, I would spend, we, I would get an hour with him every week and it would be 45 minutes of him telling stories about his musical career and 15 minutes of him teaching me something. Mm-hmm. And then I would take that home and I would, and I would practice. But those 45 minutes inspired me into music more than the 15 minutes of actual instruction. Interesting. Yeah. Just because I got to know this human. It's both. There we go. It's <laughs> both. I'm Flautus so glad. The show so, would have been off the rails if so we hadn't flutus, looked at us. Thank you for that. So you're saying flutus and flautus swing both ways. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it's both. It says, it says people call it both. All right. Good. Yeah. Uh, well, We're and, both right. But, that, but I was more inspired to become a better musician because of the stories that he told me, like the level that he played at and, you know, being on a bus with, you know, some... Uh, God, there was there was a horn player that's very famous that used heroin, and he would be on the back of the bus watching this guy shoot up heroin in the bus on the way to the next, uh, you know, on the next kid. I'm against like, that. I'm against crazy. heroin. Crazy. Well, Miles Davis, too. Maybe. I'm against um, it. Oh, of course. So is he. 
But I'm okay with marijuana but was, or alcohol, but, but, but that's it. He was living that history, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and there's so much history within music, and so the, I guess that you know, my point was is that. I, it doesn't matter where the inspiration comes from. I, I was I, I learned far more from him in the forty five minutes that he was teaching me about his life than I did about the music. Um, mm. And then I then my next guitar teacher was the exact opposite. He he was a hot mess, but he could play the guitar like an insane human. So he'd start talking and like shut up and teach me a guitar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so it was it was a weird juxtaposition of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But both of them taught me just two different aspects. Um, of so music. flautist, flutist, it's two different things. <laughs> yes. So, so Colin, how much time do we have left? But I agree, though, that sometimes uh, learning like wisdom and inspiration like that Ten. can be just as useful as the practical knowledge. Because yes. if you get super inspired by their wisdom or story, then you're going to end up having that internal hunger that you're going to learn mm-hmm. those technical skills either way. But if you get have some super cool motivation that lights this fire under your ass to get obsessed with the art form, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, that's going to overall be more beneficial than just, oh, if I had some perfect technical 30-minute lesson. Well, absolutely. Yeah. It's about the love, right? It, and then when you can drop into that love of the art, love of the form, you're going to get much, much farther, much quicker. So let's segue back to the independence thing. Okay. Because with independence, on your when you're by yourself, you have to figure out what is my passion? What do I want to focus on? Mm-hmm. What do I want to improve on? What right. do I want to learn? What new hobbies do I want to take up? When you have too much time with somebody. That's so true. When people are codependent, yes. they just put all their time and energy into that other person. Into that relationship. And then all their happiness sucks, comes from that one person. Which That's is right. not good. Well, it can backfire. Exactly. Yeah, if that person gets sick or, and dies, then and you're, all their happiness is gone. If they're not being nice to you, then you're in a bad mood. It's yes. like if you're happy on your own because you have your own passions, your own hobbies, your own skills. Right. And everything that you're, you're, you're. Well, just... it's it's also being comfortable being alone. There's so many people out there, mm-hmm. and I think the pandemic might have changed this a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, being uncomfortable being alone, right? It, but the thing is, is that we're all really alone. There's nobody else. But I don't know. I don't know about you. I have a lot of people in my head, but we all uh, are really truly alone. I, you know, and so being able to be okay with yourself. Spending that time getting to know yourself, be in love with yourself first. Exactly. To me, that's before the, you can be in love with somebody else. That is the true spiritual journey. Yes, the true spiritual journey is inward. It's yeah. learning yourself, uh, connecting to your higher self. What makes you happy? Exactly. What makes you tick? Exactly. What are the hobbies, and, and what do you want to focus? Understanding on? that what what doesn't make you happy, and and yes. then taking action to change that. And yeah. it's important not only to have um, just not being codependent, but also keeping other relationships afloat. Because I have seen so many friends where they once they get in a relationship, they shut off all, all their other friendships. So terrible. Yes. And then they break up with their that significant other six <laughs> months or a year themselves. later, and then they have nobody to hang out with. And all those friends that they ditched were like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to waste my time with you again because all I you did is... You. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. you're going to do is start dating somebody again, and then I'm not going to see you again. So why waste any more time invested with you if you're just going to stop? So it's really important that when you enter a relationship, even if you're head over heels in love, you still need to keep your friendships alive. Yeah, it's so you, important. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that's so important. Yeah, it really is. And you nobody in a relationship, if they really love you, will... They want you to give up your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just mm-hmm. should just want to be selfish. friends with your friends, too. Yeah. Yes, that's Absolutely. selfish. That's so selfish. Well, and, and there's some friends that, you know, one person may get along with and one person doesn't, but that, that goes back to that independence, right? You know, I have my own life. You know, my partner, Sherry, has her own life. She has her own friends that she goes out with. I have friends that I go out yeah. with. And 
I'm okay with it. It's so that. nice to keep that separate, actually, mm-hmm. too. I like to have separate friends from right. whoever but I wasn't, other person I is. wasn't always like that. I have been yeah. jealous in the past. I've, I've, I've experienced that, so I understand it. It's just once I got through it, I was like, oh, that was gross. I don't want to do that. Yeah, once you realize how unattractive yes. jealousy is, you're like, I can't believe I ever acted right. like that. Yes. Like, wait, what? Yeah. And, well, and no wonder that person rejected me. But you choose to be because- jealous. You choose to be happy. You choose to be... Uh, well, it's all, about, it's, it's all about perspective. Exactly. No, so. it's what you focus on. And it, it, well, exactly. if you let yourself be jealous, that it, it'll consume you and it's gross. It's gross and it's bad. Like, I, yeah, I, you it's, know. It, it's caused a lot of problems. <laughs> like, well, no, because if you're not jealous, you actually mm-hmm. attract everybody. Like mm-hmm. when you're just like, oh, I'm so, if you just tell yourself, I'm happy, mm-hmm. I'm passionate, and you just fill yourself with all this positive, like you said, like, Stay away from the negative movies. Stay away from horror. Mm-hmm. Stay away from toxic people. Right. And you just well, if, if that has a negative it. impact on you, like we were talking about earlier, right. some people some do people, enjoy yeah. it. So well, that's, that's the what you're talking about is the law of attraction, um, yes. which has been you know written about. There's been movies about it. The Secret. Yeah. There, there's a there's a lot of information out there about the law of attraction. But you're absolutely right. If you put out positive energy, you will attract positive energy. Yeah. If you put out negative energy, you will attract negative energy. And I can absolutely say from my own personal experience that shit's real and a lot of it and a lot about it a lot of it is knowing what your preferences are and how you react to different things like that because um and it's really important to say like whatever floats your boat is a real thing Mm -hmm. because like i have this one friend from uh new jersey and they like complain a lot but that's just like their personality type like it's not like them being unhappy that's just like who is it i'm not gonna you don't know him but uh (laughs) Well, that's um, a very East Coast humor. Yeah, but I don't really thing, love right? being around it. It's right. like it's a little too much for me. Yeah. I don't like. I that. mean, I like roasting some yeah. stuff sometimes, but all the time is a lot. Right. No, it rubs off time. on you. No, no, stay but, away. But that's stay what away. I'm saying is that it it goes back to whatever floats your boat because the person I'm talking about is not an unhappy person. Like it's just that yeah, culture. It's basically mm-hmm. that culture. No. No. no, no, the East Coast culture. They're very like. Very yeah, you can turn the lights on. Yeah, like they like say something about anything that's like doesn't isn't even a big deal. It's just like part of their personality. Almost. I can't say that. Well, and they're and they're very confrontational. And I think for I them, it's that. a way no. of. Um, if you have a family member that's like that, you can't be around a friend that's like that. All my friends are extremely positive, extremely happy, mm-hmm. extremely extremely thriving. They all have their hobbies. They're you know, it, it's they're intelligent. Mm-hmm. I can't ha- focus on. One more person that's negative, if they're not family. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Uh, yeah, I just. What can't we're do saying it. is that. Well, that was right. my point was is that it's yeah. taxing being around mm-hmm. them because like, yeah. where I'm the type of person that would walk in and be like, oh, like you know, no, I'm a glass half full kind of person. I would literally just be like, oh, like I wonder why. <laughs> I like or at least I loved our uh, food and drinks, even though right. the surface wasn't. Great. Are these yeah, they, they'd be the glasses? They would just be sitting there talking shit about the server, being like, "Oh, this guy not know how to do his job, eh?" Like, I'd just be like, "Oh, well, at least the food and drinks were great." I'll yeah. always look at the. That's the old right joke. Signs. That's the old joke that you know some people are glass half empty. Some Wait, are these are rose colored? Full. Yes, those are rose colored. My dad Wait, would say, "Hang on, okay, 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 And, and East Coast people are like, "Who's been drinking out of my glass?" <laughs> so true. Wait. Wait, that was so good. So the, basically, I've been drinking out of the glass. Been hey, drinking out of my glass. Hey, it's that full. Come on. You want to live your life with rose-colored glasses on? That's why I have these on because my dad would say that. Mm-hmm. I bought these for my dad's funeral. That was about mm-hmm. ten days ago. Yeah, and I had to wear these because I couldn't wear any makeup. But bottom line is it's it's having a cheerful, optimistic, positive outlook on mm-hmm. everything you do yep. and being around only people like that. Yep. So, My grandmother uh, used to yeah. call it looking for the silver lining in every cloud. So, you know, when there's oh, a yes, storm yes. cloud, 
yes. that comes over, there's always a positive result of that. Yes. Um, and it's sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's, you know, life it's is hard. It's not hard. You choose it. You choose it. Sometimes it's hard it. for some people. Maybe not you, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has it. Perfect. Yeah, come on. The, the, the thing is, is that we, unfortunately, we cannot control. We do not. Uh, and we um, are not responsible for other people's karmas, whether they're related yeah. to us or not. And so, yes, uh, these, there's people in my life, your life, your life that have had some tough times and I didn't cause it. I wasn't a part of it. Um, I can see the effects and if that person wants help and is consenting to help, then I will give it to them. If they don't, then I won't. Mm -hmm. And that's the choice. But no amount of other, uh, like no amount of another person's trauma should allow them to ruin your time. Like, you can try to help them and, like, comfort them, but if they are still persisting and ruining your time, you just need to get distance from that. Protect your joy. Exactly. I'll go back to that every single time. Uh, And that's what, you know, when when my daughter and I wrote that song, that's what we were talking about. I love that song. There was a, um, when she was younger and we were talking, uh, she had a friend uh, or an acquaintance, it wasn't a friend, but an acquaintance at at school who uh, was LGBTQ and they killed themselves. And, you know, and this was in eighth, ninth grade, you know, very young. Uh, obviously, this person was conflicted. You know, uh, my daughter just really didn't understand what was going on. And so we talked about, you know, why that person might have gotten to the point where they had to want to, you know, they were so unhappy. They it was unbearable. Their life. Yeah. It was unbearable. And so mm-hmm. that's where we came up with this idea of protecting your joy. Oh, my gosh. I'm protecting all right. my joy. We are yeah. in the green room. Green. Please listen to us on all the podcast channels. On like, Facebook, on Instagram. Like, comment. Well, and uh, can I, I leave one last comment? Yes. I yes. am very serious about protecting my joy. And that's why I'm so serious about this. Because I have a very, very small, tight-knit circle people that I hang out with mm-hmm. that only yes. inspire me, only give me thought-provoking conversation, only happy, joyful thoughts. I don't hang out with people that are Debbie Downers or paranoid. Zero. I have zero tolerance for it. If somebody's having a bad day, I'll cheer them up. But if you're a constantly pessimistic or paranoid she, person, she's not. you're not going to be spending time with me. She's not. So you're here to hear Protect Your Joy in the Green Room. Yes is more fun. How many minutes do we have? We are done. Out of here. Okay, okay so, so hold on, Martin. Right. How do people find... How can they get help with you? If... If this conversation resonates with you, check out yesismorefun.com, hit the coaching tab, and uh, send me a message. And then if they want to hire your band for a charity event or for a party, what? Uh, same thing. Go to Yes Is More Fun and uh, just send me a message, and uh, we'll uh, we'll probably show up and uh, cause some trouble. And can we talk about your deep chatty music? Um, oh, yeah. The show's now announced. So, yeah. Oh, it's announced? Okay. Right. Oh, okay. Where is this it? Is it's October. at Sunbar, October 22nd. Sunbar is a fun place. We were there oh, the last I love time. It. It's a great was, venue. It was a very cool Three stories. It's, actually, it's so it's cool. one of the best venues in the state. I think uh, it is. It's like in the top three for sure. I, yeah. I'm going to buy a venue very soon. So, so when You're is gonna that? You're going to buy a venue? Yeah. Oh, that's in, the, that's in the, the works. The Kinga. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we called it that. I think you just broke the oh. mic. I think just broke the mic. <laughs> the Kinga. I know. We just, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> oh, we're going to need a new audio. So we need, our audio engineer <laughs> like just went yell. <laughs> so how do people find you? Deep Chetty Music? Yeah, Steve Chetty is uh, how you find me on Spotify, Apple Music, all those places. So please go in and friend us and follow us in the Green and Back Green, Facebook, Instagram, 
and on the podcast channel. That's right. When Protect you go to joy. podcast Protect in the green room, we're the number one. Joy. We're there, number one. We're five star <laughs> rated. Woo! See y'all. See y'all.